Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the show, I mean it when I say we have an excellent pod for you today. We have Kara Swisher, journalist, podcaster, and opinion writer for the New York Times, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, very interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Kara, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad I don't get to talk about my resume. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you. Are you ready to dive in? Yeah, I did this once when I was an Outward Bound. You weren't allowed to tell people. I did it when I was a younger person. No, I did it when I was a teenager, but then later I went back as an older person. And that you weren't allowed to say what you did for a living. Really? At all, the whole time. Yeah, and then at the end, they put a thing in what everybody did, and you had to guess who did what, and everyone got everything wrong. Oh my God, I love that so much. It was great. It was actually great because it's really hard to come up with things to talk about if you're not talking about your job. I know. Look at that. Well, we got a whole show to work on it. Are you ready to dive in? Yeah. Fantastic. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by me. I'm just a girl standing in front of a podcast audience asking you to sign up for my email list to stay tuned for upcoming stand-up shows and other exciting announcements. I promise to only email you when I have something important to say. Trust me, I don't want any extra email either. You can sign up now at bit.ly slash hello from Alexis. That's bit.ly slash hello from Alexis. Kara Swisher is the host of Sway, the twice-weekly interview podcast about power by New York Times Opinion. She's been a contributing opinion writer since 2018. Over her career, Miss Swisher has hosted hundreds of newsmaking interviews going head-to-head with prominent figures, including Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Rupert Murdoch, Stacey Abrams, Kim Kardashian, and President Barack Obama. Her early and no-holds-barred coverage of the technology industry earned her a reputation as Silicon Valley's most feared and well-liked journalist. Ms. Swisher studied at Georgetown University School of Foreign Service, where she wrote her first technology story for the school paper. It was in 1980, and the technology was payphones. She subsequently received a graduate degree from Columbia University School of Journalism, became an editor at the City Paper in Washington, D.C., and interned at the Washington Post, where she worked her way up to reporter and covered nascent digital companies like AOL. Ms. Swisher moved to the San Francisco Bureau of the Wall Street Journal in the 1990s, as one of the first reporters on the internet beat and eventually began her popular Boomtown column. With her longtime collaborator, Walt Mossberg, she was a co-producer of the technology conference D, All Things Digital, where they interviewed major tech figures, including Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. The duo later founded Recode, which was sold to Vox in 2015. In addition to her contributions to the Times, Ms. Swisher is an editor-at-large at New York Media, host of the Pivot Podcast and executive producer of the Code Conference. She is the author of AOL.com, How Steve Case Beat Bill Gates, Nailed the Netheads and Made Millions in the War for the Web, co-author of the sequel, There Must Be a Pony in Here Somewhere, and currently penning a memoir that will be released by Simon & Schuster in 2022. She has previously appeared and consulted on Silicon Valley, a show by HBO, which is now part of Warner Media and also hosts a companion podcast for season three of HBO's Succession. She currently lives in Washington with her wife, various cats and dogs, and her three children. Kara Swisher, welcome to Non-Technical. Thank you. I have four children. Oh, there are four. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We added one. No, one was just born a couple weeks ago. That's right. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so four. Well, I'm so excited to have you on today. I know that I've alluded to 
some of my deep and long-standing admiration for your work in our Twitter DMs. Mm-hmm. But for context, I first became aware of your work in 2016 when I used to listen to Recode to prepare for job interviews in the tech industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. No and problem. then I saw you interview Kathy Griffin at South by Southwest in 2019. You know, that was a really interesting interview because everybody had a a take on her, you know, that this is what she was like and what she had endured. And actually, she was really the first person who I really do think got canceled because I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of patience for these cancel cultural warriors who are pretending that everyone's getting canceled. Some people have, it's called accountability. For sure. In her case, she did something which was tasteless, but she's a comic um, and deserves a wide berth. And she got not just canceled, she, she couldn't do her work. She wasn't allowed to fly. She was investigated by the FBI, et cetera. So I think people were surprised. And so that's the perfect interview as far as I'm concerned, because you, you you thought one thing about her and you came away. She was obviously very funny, but you came mm-hmm. away with a much more serious look at someone who you thought you knew. Not only do I completely agree now, I looked mm-hmm. back and I completely agreed then because I tweeted about that interview Yeah, on yeah. the day that I saw it. I wrote, wow, mm-hmm. all capital letters. Wow, Kara Swisher just held the best interview I've ever seen with icon Kathy Griffin, no less. I was blown away by both women and I'm grateful Kathy's real story is getting some exposure. Yeah, it's true. And it then was... you retweeted me and that was a big deal. Uh, okay, good. I'm glad. Well, you should have bigger life goals, but okay. <laughs> well, at the time, the time. I've since moved on. <laughs> yeah. People always say that to me and I'm always like, oh God, get some bigger goals. I did. Well, it was sure. first I had to achieve that goal and then I was I able see. to okay. move forward. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Treasure unlocked. Okay. That's Good. right. So I'm really excited to have you here. I wanted to start by asking you, how did you spend your last day off? What last day off? I don't have days off. Actually, my birthday was on Saturday. And so I took a little bit of a day off and I slept late, which okay. I can't do because I have so many children. I have to take one of the kids has to go to school sure. at 7 a.m. or something like that, breakfast and then work and stuff like that. So I haven't taken a vacation in forever, sure. like forever, but my lovely wife let me take some time. So I slept late, which okay. was unusual. Mm-hmm. I think I worked out with, I have a trainer now because I've gotten that, that extra 10 pounds you don't want to have during sure. COVID. <laughs> and then my son made me dinner. Oh, that's amazing. He's a really great chef. He cooks every night. He's a wonderful cook. He, he's actually a cook. He's a real one. And then I went to see West Side Story with my wife and my our new baby. How did the baby do in the theater? Slept. You know, he's four weeks old, so it was easy. It's That's easy great. to take babies to theaters, actually. And we have these little mm-hmm. earphones we put on his head. But it was nice to see that, a movie. So I just, I did stuff like that. I'm pretty boring. I'm pretty dull. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds lovely. When I take time off, I do things by myself because I have mm. so much family. Yeah. And I have so much work family too. I have so many jobs and yeah. I interact with people all day. I sort of seek solitude when I take time off. I totally understand that. I very much relate. <laughs> yeah, I like being alone. I don't mind it. One of my sons is the same way. He likes being alone. He enjoys it actually. Uh, well, speaking of family, is there anything that your family did growing up that at the time you thought was normal and then later you realized was extremely strange? Uh, yeah, I didn't really have that normal and upbringing. I don't think anybody really does. Right. My dad died when I was very young. Mm. So I know it sounds crazy, but we, we cooked a lot as a family. My grandmother was full Italian. My mother mm. is fully Italian. So we cooked a lot more than other people, I sure. think. You know, I remember, and we cooked unusual things, like whatever at the time was unusual, we were cooking it. And so I think I remember friends over and they're like, what's this? I'm like, well, it's shrimp scampi and caviar, obviously. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 
they really enjoyed cooking different things. And mm. so I think that's probably, and now of course shrimp scampi is not a big deal, but it was in the seventies or eighties. And sure. so it's seventies, you know, we cooked a lot in unusual ways. I would say that's the weirdest thing we did. Is that where your son gets it? Uh, I think so. My grandmother was an amazing cook. My mm. mom is a very good cook. My brother is a fantastic cook. They were growing up in San Francisco. My yeah. older kids, um, I, I have a, this is my second family, but we're all one family. My neighbor is also 100% Italian, brought him over when he was seven, eight years old and taught him to cook. And he's he's wonderful. He's at NYU, but he took a year off. So he's working as a butcher and a, he calls himself the seafood god at this very famous market here. That's amazing. Our neighbor taught him to cook, really. Wow. Um, and he's amazing. Yeah, he was. I got home last night. I was at work late. And he was making a full trout with green sauce. Oh. <laughs> it's amazing. I was like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm filleting the trout so I can cook. And I was like, okay. okay. And the night before, he did the scallops with another sauce and tuna crudo with bourbon soaked. Oh my God. Peppercorns. This I know. This is a multi-layer sort of... recipe situation. So, you know, he works at this beautiful market, so he brings home food every night. And it's always something. Uh, that's a huge life hack, having kids and then teaching them to cook. He said, I'm not a good cook. I'm not a bad mm. cook. Okay. He's always like, you're not a good cook, but he's uh, he's superb. He's really quite superb. Wow. I mean, that's wonderful. I can cook a piece of salmon, but that's about it. Yeah. Why should I? Anyway, why should I? His I agree. Better. I like to, I like night. to think play to your strengths. Like there are other things yeah. that I'm good at. I'm really good at, you know, making sure his college is paid for. So that is, and honestly, that's a huge contribution. <laughs> yeah, but he pays me back in uh, cooking. Love that. Is there a fad that you look back on participating in that now makes you a little cringy? Could be fashion, workout, cultural. Not really. I've been wearing the same thing since the 70s. So I don't, really? I don't change my clothes a lot. No, I don't. Like, I really don't change my look at all. If you look at my high school picture, it doesn't look unlike my, except younger, but but it looks very similar. It's not unsimilar. When do you feel like you really established your look? When I was eight. <laughs> Or so, uh, you know, I, I just, just got rid of these tree torns I've had for 25, 30 years, just like that. I love them so much. Okay. I have three pairs. I wear them. I've worn them out. I've resold them several times. I'm not big into clothes. The reason being is I remember cowl necks. I suppose cowl necks was, you don't probably remember cowl necks, but the big, big yes. neck sweater. If you go searching on the internet, mm -hmm. two things that are embarrassing. It's an interview with Charlie Rose. When I first started covering the internet and I wrote a book about AOL and I'm wearing a padded shoulders and I have feathered hair and that's oh. my just look at it. And I'm like, uh, although what I'm saying is brilliant, honestly. <laughs> well, that's what matters. That's the important part. Yeah, but I couldn't stop looking at the padded. Of shoulder. course, I understand. But it was of the moment. It captures a moment in time. I don't know why I fell for that one. I shouldn't have. I never really did. So anyway, there you have it. What do you think has been the single biggest influence then on the look that you've had for so long? Oh, just simplicity. I do stitch fix sometimes to get certain things. I just was trying it for a story. And yeah, I did it a bunch of times. And finally, the stylist said, I figured it out. You're aggressively asexual. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yes, thank you. And I was like, okay. Uh, you know, I just don't like it plain, plain, just easy. Yep. I'm, I'm literally, if there could be garanimals for adults, I would wear them. What is a garanimal? Oh, it's a, it was a clothing line when I was a kid. It's still around, I think, where you like match the lion goes with the lion. So you don't ever fuck up. Like oh, you, if you put great. a giraffe with a lion, that doesn't match. But all the lion things match. That's and brilliant. so someone else has put it together for you. So I would be great in Star Trek, like put on the yep. same outfit. Yep. I'd be really good with that. So, you know, COVID, everyone's like, oh, I'm in my, you know, sweats and pay. I'm like, okay, 
Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. But I always did. Right. I, I, I hate putting on pants or whatever. Totally. I said that to someone the other day. I was like, do I, did someone invited me somewhere? I'm like, do I have to put on pants? Yeah. Because I may, I may not come if that's the case. It's become a deciding factor now. It is. And I'm like, mm, no pants. I'm not going. Not today. No. So, Especially when it gets yeah. cold. Though I will say, huge reveal. I'm wearing jeans right now. I did that the other day. I didn't like it very much. <laughs> so. You gave it a shot. You decided it wasn't for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's the tiniest hill you're willing to die on? Like something inconsequential mm. that you would really go to bat for? Recycling. Oh, yeah? That seems like a big hill. No, I mean, my kids are, are bad recyclers. And so there's a lot of them and they, they have a lot of one-use plastics and I go mm. crazy. I'm always like, stop using one-use plastics. And so recycling. That seems like a very legitimate hill. Yeah, it is. But, it, you know, then they send me 16 articles about how none of the recycling goes to recycling. And then yeah. I just, but I just ignore it. Yeah. I know it's futile, but it's my little bit of futile. That makes perfect sense to me. Also, I do feel mm -hmm. like as a parent, that's like a because I said so moment. Yes, exactly. Right? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. great for sure. Has a piece of art, could be like music, a book, fine art, anything ever changed your life? Oh, yes. Many times. Poetry particularly. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I, I read a lot of poetry. People are always surprised, but I do. Louise Gluck, anything she writes, mm. I'm really quite a fan. I was just looking actually, uh, you know, I just did this Succession podcast yeah. and then the, the, the finale is, is after a John Berryman poem. I think it's dream something. I read the whole book. You know, I read mm. a lot of poetry. I get a lot of inspiration from mm. poetry. Have you always? Yes. I was just reading and plays. I would go to plays a lot. I yes, used to me too. before I had this many kids. When I saw West Side Story, Tony Kushner wrote the, mm -hmm. wrote the script. And I was telling my wife, I went to see Angels in America at least nine times. Wow. And that's a non-trivial time dedication. Angels in America is a long play. I love Angels in America. I did mm -hmm. at the time. And I so a theater would be a thing I, I love. I used to do a lot more of. I don't as much, uh, but I, I tend to read a lot of poetry. People are Walt Whitman, lots of different people. When did you first get into reading poetry? Uh, in high school. Earlier, earlier, I had a teacher in seventh grade who was very much had us read a lot of poetry. And I think it feels so unapproachable and hard mm -hmm. I wish I had the same ability to do that with art because hmm. I think that I don't understand it. And I remember taking an art class when I was in college and I finally understood it and I really enjoyed it. Mm. I just, I don't have the language. And yeah. so I read a lot of Wallace Stevens, obviously all the regulars and Shakespeare and this and that. I read recently a lot of Lucille Clifton. Hmm. There's a great poem called Running Into a New Year that I love and New Bones, which I always read at the end mm. of the year. I tend to reread things. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, over and over again. I read, uh, so yeah. Yeah, I read Louise Gluck's poem. It's called Circe's Power over and over again. I use it a lot when I think about the people I cover. You know, mm. not, we're not talking about jobs, but I always think about, you know, a lot of the stuff I write and reflect on is about power yeah. and the people and what I do as a, as a reporter and what I'm trying to do and mm. not to, you know, not to put, wade everything, but try to sort of see things. You can't just be a photographer of events. You have to also be an interpreter of events. Mm. And so the first line is, I never turned anyone into a pig. Some people are pigs. I make them look like pigs. Oh. And ever since I read that, I think that is my description of my job. Wow. So that line really resonated with you. Yeah, I didn't do it. Some people are like, you made me look bad. I'm like, I didn't make you. You are bad. I just, <laughs> I just make people see what you look like. So... Have you ever written poetry yourself? No, I have a lot of friends who are poets. I've dated oh, yeah? a lot of people who are poets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my wife was a beautiful poet. Oh. And uh, among other things, she's a book editor and worked for CNN and stuff. I used to go out with a lot of actors. Yeah. 
because I love theater, theater yeah. actors. So, Do you read plays or do you like to see them? I go them. I think they're life-changing. I, they used to really be very comforting. Yes. I used to go three times a week, go to the <gasps> theater. So, And I had a theater column and people don't remember, but I actually really? had a theater column for the Washington Post. Yeah, it was on, on the side. I do a lot of on the side stuff with my job now, like the succession podcast. Yeah. So. That's amazing. I like on the side. That's great. Theater was a huge, huge part of my life growing up, but I also like reading plays, which is kind of an odd hobby. Yeah. Yeah, But it's fun for me to read them and I see it, like I can picture it. I like, I like lots of different plays. Obviously Tom Stoppard has been, um, oh my God, huge. I mean, unbelievable. Just but anything I'll see, I'll watch almost anything like in the theater, even if it's just terrible. I love the theater. I love Absolutely. I love being in the theater. Me too. I went a lot as a kid and I think probably it had a lot of comfort after my dad died. Like mm. the groupness of it, the you know, being oh, yeah. together. It's a shared experience because you're in an audience with a lot of other people. And it goes away. That's my favorite part. Yeah. Which you saw is the only version of it. That'll uh, ever happen. Completely. It's one yeah. of the things I love about improv comedy too. Oh, do you? My, my friend Casey Newton does that. I know. I find that stressful. <laughs> He's been on the show stressful. before and we talked about how we're both improvisers. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really stressful. It's incredibly stressful. I, I go to his shows to be supportive, but I'm always like, no. <laughs> do you get secondhand embarrassment? Like, do you get concerned? Yes. I do that when I watch theater, uh, you know, all mm. the time. Where if they miss a line, I remember being at... Uh, the actors in Washington happen to be very good, but the yeah. ones in San Francisco, not as good. Uh-huh. And yeah. they were missing the lines. And I was like, no, oh. that's not the line. It was Arcadia, which is one of my favorite. Oh Tom my Stoppard God. That plays. is one of my all-time favorite plays. Yeah, it is. It's beautifully written. Anyway, I, I can't stand going to improv because I'm like, no, like it's watching like someone fall. I have friends who have never seen me perform <laughs> because they're like, yeah. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> yep. Yep, exactly. I totally yep, understand. Yep. It doesn't bother me, but I know mm-hmm. that feeling of like, oh my God, I hope they do okay. I hope they do okay. Yep, 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 yep. Do you have a catchphrase or other words or phrases that people feel are specific to you? No, no. Nothing you're known no. for? No. Fuck you, probably. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm that slogan, Roy. I'm sorry. Fuck off. Right, right. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> She does such a good one. I know. Not really. So good. Yeah. No, I say no a lot. Well, that can be a good thing. That's one of the yeah. most recurring pieces of life advice that I get is... You know, you should say no. I say that to a lot of people and I do yeah. it a lot. I was negotiating something recently mm-hmm. and they sent me a whole long list of stuff and I just wrote back a single I'm like, no. Oh my God. And they're like, what? And I'm like, no. It's like, that... what do you mean? No. What part of no? I go, no. That's iconic. I put two notes. It was. And they and then of course they did what I wanted. They knew what I yeah, wanted. Yeah, isn't it funny? <laughs> yeah. It's funny yeah. how it works out like that. It works really well. It bothers people. It unnerves people. It so. definitely puts people on their back foot, which can be yeah. useful. Sometimes when someone's answering a question of mine in an interview, especially a live one, it works really well. Hmm. Um, they'll say how something happened and I'll go, no. And they're like, what? I'm like, that's not how it happened, is it? And then they, if I know, I have to know, of course, whether uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, sure. It, it, but the word note stops people dead. It's very funny. Wow. I will try that. You can watch it. I do it not very often. I don't, I don't interview <laughs> that many liars, but when yeah. they are, that's where they end up. Wow. Okay. I'm definitely going to employ that. Though I will say on my show, I tend not, we can't, tend not you're to not, cover you things can't where I'm you can't, yeah, <laughs> holding people's feet to the fire. Alexis, Alexis, you're not a no person. You can't do that. You can't. You do don't think so? Not. No. You don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
I don't think you can. I say no to stuff all the time. You seem like a yes person to me. It's all a facade. It's a beautifully crafted facade. I'm, I'm actually horribly mean. Oh, really? Okay. No. Good to know. <laughs> no. no. What's something out of character that you've done? Nothing. What Never? do you mean? Like, no, what do you mean? Have you ever done character? something and then looked back and thought, whoa, no. that doesn't feel like me? No, because I, I do whatever I want. You know, when you have a parent who dies at a young age, mm-hmm. you really just are like, you know what? I could die at any time. I do what I feel like doing. I don't, I'm not rude and selfish. Course, like yeah. I don't just like, you know, break people's things. Whenever I'm feeling nervous about doing anything, I just do it. I just, just do it. I don't feel nervous about doing things most of the time, no. Hmm. And you feel like that's something that has been with you for a long time or has that increased with time? I think I was like that as a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, they try to like shake it out of girls, right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, for sure. You know, they use the words like bossy or I know forward or, so, you know, it, it's interesting because I have three boys. One is obviously a month old, so I don't know what his personality is like yet. Right. My little girl, who's two, is so, they would use the term back in the day, headstrong, but that's not what she is. She's hmm. confident. Yes. But I remember being called headstrong. Oh, I got bossy. Yeah. You can use whatever word you want. They're not meant to be supportive. No. I tend to just be that way. And for some reason, it stuck with me versus it being slapped out, slapped out of me, like it gets slapped out of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where your strong ability to say no comes from. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) That was my favorite email I've sent recently. That's kind of an incredible email. Oh, uh, so funny. They didn't know what to do. They always think they have the upper hand, but they don't actually have the upper hand. So. Totally agree. Well, what's something non-work related that you're really proud of? My kids. Yeah? That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They sound great. I live in nice houses. I've mm-hmm. made nice homes. Yeah. But it all has to do around family. You know, I haven't been perfect, obviously, like sure. most parents, but I think I get, I've gotten better as I've had more children. <laughs> and I think that I've done my best with them. And I feel good. I feel good about the people they are. And I feel good about their values. And I'm super proud of my kids. They're really all great. That must be an incredible experience to... I was thinking even when you were saying that your son is a really great chef to be cooked a meal by somebody that you created. Yes, it's true. It's, it's perfect, actually. And the other, my other son is really tall, so he gets things down from shelves. You got a stacked lineup. You got a deep bench. I don't like cut flowers. I know it sounds crazy, but they bother okay. me. I don't know why. And he's a beautiful artist. He does glass really? art. He does, yeah, he plays basket. He's sort of an interesting character in terms a of he's an engineer. He is, but he's a beautiful, I, I would say, artist. And mm. he's always been. And he drew me the most beautiful flower for my birthday. And I was, I just love it. it. It was, I was so happy. My one son cooked for me. The other one made this beautiful drawing for me. And I thought I did a pretty good job of parenting if that's how they think of gifting people. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, I it do. It was really nice. It was really nice. And my daughter helped cook the cake. So I felt really nice. It was a really nice feeling. It was a great birthday. This is a great strategy for parenting, I think, is developing children with a, a, a strong sense of artistry, but a strong sense of utility as well. Yeah, they're they're hard workers. I, I so far so good. So far so good. Why don't you like cut flowers, or what is it about the flowers? I don't like them. I don't like them cut. They die. They're dying there in front okay. of me. I don't. I don't like. I like. I like plants. I have beautiful plants in my house, okay. but I like potted plants. They're fine, but I yeah. just don't like. I have beautiful pots of flowers. I like to look at. Um, in San Francisco, I've got really beautiful succulents that I just sit and stare at because they're so pretty. I have a really yep. amazing gardener. That's what's I'm not my a desk. gardener myself. Me neither. But they've got big pots of them in my house in San Francisco because they thrive there. The flowers thrive in San Francisco, which is one of the lovely things about California. I like those. I like living plants, dead plants. I don't like. Well, they do. Cut flowers have a really 
<laughs> Short lifespan. <laughs> they do. The The only thing I like are, are gardenias, which I find beautiful and they oh, yeah? smell wonderful. And you put them in water and then you can smell the decay. I know it sounds crazy. I sound like a lunatic, but <laughs> I, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. It's sort of like looking, I'm not a, I'm not a Japanese haiku writer, but mm. you know, when they sit and stare at the cherry blossoms yes. and talk about the ephemerality of life, I kind of like, fair point. Of fair course. point, Japanese haiku makers. Yeah. They've made some good of, ones of, over of, the years. Of ancient days, of, of ancient days. Yeah, some real hits. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's always a cherry tree dying somewhere, a cherry blossom dying somewhere. Absolutely. And another one being planted and reborn. Yes, exactly. You know, actually, I have two tattoos. I don't know if you can see them here. Uh, there's, 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 these are, I got to get new ones. Okay. I just burnt myself recently with coffee, but this is one sun and this okay. is the other one, A and L, but right here, you can't really see them. Yeah. But they're centropy and entropy. <gasps> um so one is everything is being destroyed or dispersed, which yes. is arrows pointing out. Mm-hmm. These are actually chemical signs. And the other is everything organizing. So as everything's being dispersed, it's being organized. And so I like that. Wow. You know, I suppose if it was a Disney movie, it would be Circle of Life, but there's yeah. something very beautiful about that idea. Did you get both tattoos at the same time or did one come I have five. after the other? Five. I have five. No. Yeah. I got the two kid ones, the two hearts with their initials in it many years ago. I've always wanted a tattoo and... One day, it just was the right day. I just said, today is the day. And I went How and old were them. you when you got your first tattoo? Mm, I th- uh, after my kids were born, so from my 40s. And then the others, the other I just got. And I have another one that I don't like. Um, I do like the tattoo. It's in the wrong place. Oh, really? Um, you can't really move them. It's a ginkgo yeah. leaf, which is the oh. oldest tree on the planet from the I dinosaur days, I think. That and the Sega Palm, I think. I love ginkgo leaves. They're very beautiful. They're fan-shaped leaves. And so it's on my ankle, but I can't look at it. I, I shouldn't have done it because I can't see it. And yeah. the tattoos are from me right. versus anybody else. Totally. And so, so I can't look at it. So it sits there quietly on my on my ankle. Not admired. And people think it's a shamrock, which drives me even crazier. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you have a shamrock. I'm like, no, no. Why would I have a shamrock? Are you also Irish? No. Okay. No. I'm mostly Italian and a little bit Irish. I'm sure we all are. uh, Isn't everybody? Yeah, I thought about getting a tattoo, but my mom uh, will be very mad still. Oh, what do you care? To this day. (laughs) Old enough that I shouldn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Really, you shouldn't. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. It's so great. Maybe this will be the year. Just do it. Just walk in. Just say, today is the day. That's what you say. Okay. That's good advice. Doesn't hurt. I'm going to play this part of the interview for my mom Mm -hmm. when she gets upset. Mom, you're wrong. You're so enjoyable. (laughs) I love my tattoos. My son has two beautiful tattoos. I told him he had to wait till he was 18 because I couldn't Mm -hmm. really say don't get a tattoo since I have them. Mine are quite small. He got two enormous tattoos both on his legs. Yeah, one of the city of San Francisco where he was born Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. It's a black and white. It's a very beautiful sort of an art deco-y kind of thing. That's awesome. And then he's got this incredible eagle on his leg. It's gorgeous. Really? He he sort of sought out a particular artist and it's quite beautiful and he loves it. He loves it. So I'm happy that he loves it. That's great. I will report back. You will. I will. Just you'll be it. receiving a DM. Report back. Just do it. You can like, <laughs> look, guess what? You can go out and get a sandwich if you want. You can go get a tattoo if you want. That's accurate and good advice. And I will keep that yes. in mind. You should do it. <laughs> if you weren't doing what you do now professionally, what would you be doing? Well, I wanted to be a spy. So probably okay. that. I might be one now. I was going to say, who's to say? We don't know. I just met someone who's, who's purporting to be an intelligence. <gasps> They're like, you're not a spy. I'm like, oh, maybe I am. Maybe I just was trying to fuck with them. <laughs> because you know how those people are. They're always seeing a spy behind every doorway. Of course. When did you want to be a spy? In college, I went to the School of Foreign Service. I wanted oh, to right. be in the CIA. Yeah. 
I want to do intelligence military or military. I couldn't be in the military because I was gay, mm. you know, being closeted, which was yeah. in my interest. So would I be probably in the military? Yeah. I'll be in the military. My dad was in the military. Oh, really? Probably. And where did yeah. you grow up? New York. New York. Philadelphia, okay. Pennsylvania, stuff oh, like nice. that. He, but he died when I was very young, right. five. So, but he had just left the Navy. He had went, he, it had sent him to school. They paid for medical school and, and college for him. So, oh, wow. Or maybe, yeah, both, I think so. Yeah, he wasn't very wealthy. And so he uh, used that to get out of, you know, not poverty, but not a lot. His family were not working class teacher and a hmm. land surveyor, but couldn't afford, you know, expensive medical school. Yeah. He went into the Navy and was in it until almost until he died. Wow. Hmm. hmm. You know, you could still be a spy. No, no, thank you. No, I tried to actually sign up for military after the Don't Ask, Don't Tell came off, you oh, know, really? for the reserves. Yeah, yeah. And I was too old. Really? Uh-huh. We turn people away? We do. We turn people away. Feel like we shouldn't. I know. I was like, what? Like, really? I can't be in the reserve. Yeah, I couldn't be in the reserve. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know about that. I didn't look at the National Guard, but I'm kind of happy I'm not in the National Guard. Yeah, that seems so. Pros and cons. There's an age, like 40-something. I forget what it was, wow. but it, I was over it. Yeah. Wow, I had no idea. Okay. Yeah, look, Army age limit, 35 for active duty. Yeah, 34 Whoa. for active duty, 39 for Navy Reserve. Marine Corps age limit, 29 for active duty in Marine Corps. Yeah, so 39, 38. Yeah, so there you have it. That's crazy. I'm can sure I join the military benefited. at 45 years old? Uh, unfortunately, no. Under federal law, the oldest recruit can be enter the branch of the military is 42 years old. There you wow. Go. I, was, I was 44 or something like that. I forget. Yeah, but what about the CIA? We haven't ruled that out. I mean... Uh, I, th I think you have to sort of work your way up. Is there a song that whenever you hear it just instantly takes you back in time? Oh, all, all of them. I listen to a lot of Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash. Love Dolly Parton. So I listen to a lot of country. You know, anything by Dolly Parton. My daughter loves Jolene and Here You Come Again and everything. I went to Dollywood recently. Really? Which was a lovely experience. How did you get into country music? I don't know. I just like it. I've always liked it. Uh, maybe George Bush. I don't remember. I remember he said he liked country. But I was like, no, he does. And I'm like, no, he does. I bet he does. Because I love it. And people were surprised. I don't know. I just love, I loved bluegrass. When mm -hmm. I was at the Washington Post, I listened to a lot of blue. There's a lot of bluegrass places in Washington. I've been listening lately to a lot of Hawaiian singers, sort of. Um, it's like bluegrass, but it's not bluegrass, but it's uh, native Hawaiian singers, hmm. which I like a lot. When you hear a Dolly Parton song, what do you think of? Dolly Parton. <laughs> Dolly Parton. <laughs> I just love, I just, nothing particular. I just love, she's so, I love her. I love her. I want to interview her and she's so far turned me down. Really? I'll get her eventually. But, yes, of course. You know, I want to get beyond her dolliness. Like she's adorable and right. wonderful and just a national treasure. But yeah. there's something going on in that head of hers, right? Like she's I really brilliant. want the real, She's she is. And she always like, no, no, I'm just a little girl. You oh, know? I don't buy it. I think she's Absolutely brilliant. Fine. I've seen your house, your fake version of your house at Dollywood that you reconstructed on the site of Dollywood. But you're so canny. I want to have a real business conversation with her, like a real one. Yes. I don't know. I just, I don't think she's playing dumb by any means because she never says anything dumb whatsoever. No. It's just, she plays simple and she's anything but that. And so I would really like a crack at uh, talking to her. I bet that would be a terrific interview. You know who I'd like to interview? Her and Taylor Swift together. Oh my God. I know, right? Together, because yes. they're both similar. They're not They're not the same, but they're similar. So. No, I agree entirely. Oh God, uh, interviewing Taylor Swift, there's so much you could get into. She doesn't get enough credit for her brilliance either from a strategy and business perspective. Yeah, I agree. So. And you said that you, you don't play music yourself? 
No, my brother's a beautiful. He plays everything. He plays banjo, he plays piano, guitar. Uh, my niece is quite an amazing musician. My mom can play the piano. I just can't play any musical instrument whatsoever. I tried, but I am unable to do so. I understand. Well, it's good. You're good at talking, though. I would like to. I'd like to be able to. I, I keep buying ukuleles, but it's a disaster every time <laughs> I do it. A ukulele, though, that's like a good starting point for strings, right? I still make it sound terrible. I'm just, I am impaired when it, musically impaired. It happens. Okay, I have a two-part question for you, which is, who would play you in a movie about your life? And should this movie be a biopic? So birth to present day, or is there a particular chapter of your life that would make a fantastic movie? Oh, probably my early life. Um, my dad dying probably would be interesting. Um, okay. I don't know. Uh, I don't know any child actors. I have no idea who should play me. I guess Holly Hunter in broadcast, but only the Holly Hunter from broadcast news. Okay. That, that Holly Hunter. Great. So, yeah. You think we can get her for the Kara Swisher project? She, she was on Succession. She, was, she played a, uh, a media executive. She did a great job, by the way. Well, then perfect. Yeah, I think she's got other things to do than play Kara Swisher. I don't sure. know. I mean, I would. I feel like a lot of people would watch that movie personally. I would watch it. I guess. Maybe we can get Dolly Parton involved. Maybe she could do a song for the movie. Oh, <gasps> uh, it would be great. All of her old songs. I mean, just you have to really follow her career. It's, it really is quite something. It it's remarkable. Really yeah, it is. I'm a huge admirer of her. Okay, we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by me. You've heard of self-love, self-compassion, and self-care, but have you heard of self-sponsorship? If you can't sponsor yourself, how the hell are you gonna get sponsored by somebody else, right? I think that's what RuPaul was talking about. Anyway, you can sign up for my email list at bit.ly slash hello from Alexis to stay tuned for upcoming stand-up shows and other exciting announcements. That's bit.ly slash hello from Alexis. And we're back with Kara Swisher, journalist, podcaster, and opinion writer for the New York Times. Kara, we have arrived. We've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? Okay, sure. <laughs> We've arrived <laughs> at say so. the lightning round. Okay. First question for you, coffee or tea? Uh, both. Both? Both. Any preference yeah. between the two? Mm-mm. None at all. If someone no, said, no. here's a beverage, I'm drinking you would... coffee right now. I okay. love tea. No, I love coffee. How do you take your coffee? Milk and sugar. Dairy milk? Whatever. I'll, I'll drink oat milk, whatever's around. Wow, interesting. So you don't have a strong opinion? No, it's a mm. little bit, not much. Do you have a favorite board game? No. Well, I mean, backgammon, I guess. I guess backgammon. Yeah. Board, but that's not a board game, is it? Well, it's it not is. a board. No, I haven't played board games in 100 years. I used to love Risk. Uh, oh, yeah? Stratego but I haven't played that in a hundred years. I've interviewed a lot of people who have said risk, which I think makes a lot of sense. Battleship. I like Battleship. I used to play backgammon on like the Windows 2000 computers. Oh, you know, it was... oh no, I played in an actual set. I used to play all the time when I was a kid. I was pretty good. Yeah? When was the last time you played? Uh, I'm going to probably teach my kids to play. Not my, older, my older kids know how to play. I'll probably teach Claire to play in a couple of years. See, that's another great reason to have kids. It's someone to play backgammon with. Yeah. <laughs> I learned from my mean uh, stepfather, so I'm quite good because he was super competitive. Yeah. Okay. I'm good for the wrong reasons, but still. I was going to say that sounds like the setup for like a Disney film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Have you ever read a book twice? Oh, yeah. I read books twice all the time. Is there one that sticks out that you've read the most or 
one you mentioned you read a couple books of poetry every year a poetry I read over and over again mm-hmm. I, to get different takes from it. What books have I read over and over again? I read Anne Lamott. I find myself reading oh, over and over again. Bird by Bird. She's really good. Yes. I just was thinking about that the other yeah. day. I'm trying to think what I've read recently over again. I, I don't keep a lot of books. My wife has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. She was a, a book editor. So yeah. she, she just adores books. I can't think of what I, I'd have to go look on my shelf to see what I keep, but I, I don't keep a lot of books. Um, Oh, you know who I love? For some reason, Ruth Reichel. But mm. I like listening to her. She was a gourmet magazine editor, food writer. She does a lot of over-the-top stuff, but I really always enjoy uh, listening to her read her books, which I like. And St- Tales from the City, I recently reread it, which is about San Francisco. Oh. I, I like the movie better. But. I should check it out. I haven't read yeah, that. The HBO films are better. Well, then Not I the shall watch it. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Olympia Dukakis. She's wonderful. Laura Lenny. That's really good. Oh, I love that. Okay, great. Do you have a pump-up song? No. No song, song? Meaning? Like a song <laughs> that you listen to to get excited about something? No. I have a, a, a song list my wife made of Clara's Dance. Oh. Um, and it's fantastic. It has Titans. It has Nicki Minaj's Starship. Yeah. It has Jolene, obviously. Of course. Gets her going. Clara loves to dance, which is one of my favorite parts of her. She loves just, just anytime she hears music, she gets up and dances. That is just, so cute. Great way to be. I know. I'm like waiting for it to end and I better not. That's all I have to say. Right. If anyone tries to make her less joyous, I'm going to be right there to, to say no. Well, I'm hoping, I, you know, girls, it happens with girls, right? Yes. Something happens where they become less confident. Not everybody, but it happens. And so raising a girl is very different than raising boys. The boys are naturally, not all of them, but naturally confident mm-hmm. and not not by nature. I mean, no, they, no. They, the world gives them messaging right. about their confidence. And I'm just making, I want to make sure she stays as saucy as she is. I love that. That's a great idea. I've, mm-hmm. I fully support it. <laughs> and dancing is part of it. And so there's no song that, when you hear it, you're like, yes, like, let's go. Well, anything by Whitney Houston, right? Okay. <laughs> I love how you say that. Like, well, obviously Whitney Houston. <laughs> I don't know. All the gay bar music, the oomph, 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 that kind of thing. I've been sure. in enough gay bars back in the day. Not anymore. I don't go to bars anymore. I understand. Um, yeah. Okay. So anything by Whitney Houston. I get that. Yeah. Whitney Houston has some absolute bangers. That, would, that mm-hmm. totally gets you excited. You are writing a book, so I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I usually I ask this question as a theoretical, mm-hmm. but what would you title your memoir? I can't tell you the name of it. <laughs> I <think you're> so, <laughs> <laughs> I, what uh, would you title uh, this movie that we're going to make about your life, potentially starring Holly Hunter? No was a complete sentence. Ooh. You like that? That's beautiful. That may be a book I'm writing. That may be a book I'm writing. A second book. I have a two-book deal, so I may, I may, may be called a... Maybe. And then the second sequel is called... No is a complete sentence. Maybe I'll get back to you. Mm. And yes, yes, I'll have that. Oh, I'll take that. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe. I love maybe I'll get back to you. Maybe I'll get back to you. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I think those are great titles. That works really well with certain white men. Maybe I'll get back to you. We'll see. I think any of those sound great. We'll be lucky to have the chance to read them. Yes, yes. They're going to be bestsellers. It's going to be amazing. That's what I heard. Word on the Jennifer street. Jennifer Lawrence will star in the, in the movie. No is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence starring Jennifer Lawrence. I'm buying a ticket for that. Well, Kara, I really cannot thank you enough for coming on Non-Technical. No problem. And sitting down with me. This has been such a delight. Keep up the comedy. You're doing a great job. Are you enjoying yourself? Oh my God, I'm so happy. Yeah, we need a lot more of it. All right. That's my truly, I believe that we do. I promise. 
The USA has got to get over itself at some point soon. Yeah. I'm sick of us. I think we're all sick of us. I know. Sick of ourselves. So (laughs) more comedy. More comedy. You got it. You ask and I shall deliver. Kara, one more time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find more about you? Um, oh, you can listen to my podcasts. I'm on Twitter spaces a lot. I lots, I have so many podcasts. You can't like get on the internet without running into one of them. So <laughs> just, I have a lot. Sway, my mom pivot. would use the expression or maybe not. I mean, I don't know where I got this, but you can't swing a dead cat with hitting a, one of your podcasts. Without Kara Swisher's podcast. They're pretty good though. They're pretty good. They're pretty oh, they're good. great. So. I'm a huge fan. Here, listen to my interview last night with uh, Jerry. Oh, with J. Smith Cameron. Uh, yes, I did a great Twitter spaces with her. And then I did a great interview with Neil Stevenson, who created mm-hmm. the metaverse from Snow Crash. He's wonderful. I what saw great, that. What a great and creative man he is. Fantastic. Well, Kara, truly, this has been such a treat. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And I'll talk to you soon. Uh, thank you. Cheers. Cheers.